From Jordan-Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena. From the Plains to the recruiting trail and all points in between. If it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle or War Eagle? That's it? War Eagle. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. Hey everybody, I'm Brandon Marcello. I'm joined by Jason Caldwell. We uh, just got done um, chatting with people and and some players. Uh, Auburn conducted its second major scrimmage of preseason camp Wednesday morning. We learned a few things. Uh, Some things didn't change very much from the first scrimmage, but uh, that's kind of what happens at this point of the year. Jason, what were some of your main takeaways from Auburn's scrimmage? Probably the biggest one I think right now is is that um, I think probably the quarterbacks more than anybody will be ready to get out of camp so that they'll turn Eli Stobwell, Hastings, and Seth Williams loose because uh, the other wide receivers, maybe other than a guy like Matthew Hill, those guys have been so inconsistent that I think it's really kept the quarterbacks from kind of getting into a rhythm a little bit. More drop passes again uh, in this scrimmage today, and so – to me, I think you're looking to continuing to try to develop some depth at wide receiver and get those guys going is probably my biggest takeaway. That and, you know, I think the running game and the offense in general had a better day today, and which is kind of what we expected coming out of scrimmage number one. Yeah, I think you're right there. I mean, it wasn't just one running back either. It was several running backs that had success today. Of course, not all of it against the first-team defense, but – um, some of it was Cam Martin had a 20 yard run today. We've been told Malik Miller had the longest run, actually about a 60 yard touchdown run and, uh, DJ Williams, uh, the phenomenal freshman, a lot of people have fallen in love with who was recently cleared after having off season shoulder surgery. He had a five yard touchdown run in the scrimmage Wednesday. So the, the running backs having a little more success and I'm with you there about the receivers, the second team group, you keep hoping and waiting to hear that this guy's really stepped up and we're not hearing that other than maybe Matthew Hill, but he's even having his issues. The one guy we keep hearing or not keep hearing, but really his name was coming out today. And we've been hearing about um, a little bit in the past is the Arizona state graduate transfer JJ Wilson at H back. As far as his just production out of the backfield, catching the football, this is a guy that could change things for them and could, potentially be one of their top four or five receivers this season if you know they have to deal with some injuries early in the season particularly with you know guys like Anthony Schwartz or maybe even Seth Williams dealing with back issues if there's too much soreness there you got to go different routes and J.J. Wilson could be a safety valve so to speak yeah it's something a little different for sure Um, they've made absolutely a more conscious effort to get that position involved, and they've got a guy now that I think they believe can can elevate the play and, and get more touches there. And the other guy in the mix that can add more to the passing game that's not a traditional wide receiver is Harold Joyner. Uh, I think those two guys, if you get those two guys involved in the passing game um, in that play-action mode, if you're able to run the football, you can do some of those things with those two guys that we haven't seen an Auburn offense do in quite a while. And it could really be another dimension and take some of the pressure off those outside guys and and maybe allow you to 
to work with two or three instead of trying to go four wide at times, which is what we saw some the last couple of years. So um, that's definitely something that right now has been, I think, one of the pluses uh, for that offense so far. And more about the receivers. We noticed that they, they stayed after practice to, uh, on Wednesday, about 20, 30 minutes running sprints. Uh, Joey Gatewood, who's battling it out with Bo Nix at the quarterback spot, joined them uh, in running some of those sprints. And they had a nice uh, uh, truck with shaved ice, flavored shaved ice, waiting for them outside, which is much needed after all the work they did today and that extra running and sprinting. Uh, I've been told the coaches just have not been happy, obviously, with that second team unit along at receiver. They keep expecting someone to step up. But the moment one guy makes a big play, then there's a drop. Um, I keep hearing that about Zach Farrar, the, the, the transfer from Youngstown State. He's a guy that, you know, they're really hoping would step up. But today he had a drop and, and apparently a fumble uh, as well. So uh, just some inconsistencies there. And the guy that we uh, spoke to earlier this week, Marquise McLean, a player that has been around for a little bit, a veteran you would expect to maybe step up, take advantage of things. He's also been inconsistent. Same with Sal Canella. Um, and I'm with you. It's, it's interesting. Like when they get into game prep for Oregon and they bring Eli Stove or Will Hastings and, you know, and Seth Williams back out there, uh, to practice, you know, how do these quarterbacks react? I'm sure they're going to be happy, but does that give a fair shake to the quarterback battle since they didn't get to work with them at all during, uh, the first two weeks? And Gus Malzahn had a pretty interesting, not interesting, but, a pretty direct answer about that today yeah you know you look at it it's 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 one of the things that you have to have to i guess you kind of have to play with the guys that are there and and you kind of have to deal with adversity and go through it but i think it's it's something that the sooner those guys can get back whoever the quarterback's going to be and and i think we we probably both agree that at some point we're going to see both those guys in, in the first game but those both those quarterbacks need to work with those veteran receivers and build a little confidence, build some chemistry. All those things are going to be really important. The good news is, is that you still got a couple of weeks of camp once you get into school prep. So they'll have some time to work those things out, but it just likely won't be in scrimmage situations. Yeah. I mean, it's all about timing. I mean, listen, you, you can get a, you know, Jerry Rice out there, but if the quarterback's not on the same page with them, you know, things are a little bit different. So these guys, these quarterbacks, both of them, Bo Nix and Joey Gatewood, as you said, we, we expect both of them to play. Now, those two weeks are going to be so important as far as getting on the same page as Seth Williams, Will Hastings, um, and and Eli Stove. Because, you know, particularly Will, Will Hastings, they haven't really worked with much, if at all, um, particularly uh, Bo Nix. Uh, Will Hastings sat out most of the spring pretty much, and um, with him sitting out most of the preseason camp, you know, we're still waiting to hear – you know, about Bo Nix hitting Will Hastings down the seam for a 45-yard gain or something like that. Um, but this, I, I keep being told this over the last week and a half, it's just like this offense is so much different when those receivers are out there compared to what they have out there right now. And you know, we're not running down kids, of course, but, you know, talent is talent, experience is experience, explosiveness is explosiveness. And r- listen, there's a reason why, Gus Malzahn goes out on a limb and says things like, hey, Will Hastings is a future NFL player. It's because guys like him and Eli Stove and Anthony Schwartz, they're so fast, they're so explosive, they can get open. And Auburn doesn't quite have other players like that on the roster right now. And 
that that's hurting them a little bit here in preseason camp. But if they can turn that negative into a positive, it would be, as Gus Malzahn said today, you don't need to have the best receivers out there to judge a quarterback competition. If a guy's putting the ball where it needs to be, it doesn't matter who's running the routes. If you're throwing the ball away when you have to throw it away, that's the right decision. If you're drawing the defense off sides, you're doing a great job at the quarterback position. It's those type of things that will decide this quarterback race. And as of right now, um, Bo Nix has the edge. Um, I think you and I would agree on that. But as we said, both are going to play. It's just that Nix has a knack for all the little things, I think. Wouldn't you agree, Jace? Yeah, and I, and I think the the addition of, of probably the more polished side of passing and doing those things that you have to do. And, and here's the thing, even though he's a true freshman, Bo Nix has so much more experience in reading defenses and doing those things in the passing game than Joey Gatewood does. So um, I think those are things that obviously um, I think come into play. I think those are things that right now I think he has an edge with. And, and here's the thing that people – need to, to remember about it too. It's not, it's not your, if you would be choosing a passer over a runner because Bo Nix can run. Um, so it's not like you have two completely different kind of guys. You have, you know, Bo Nix, who's a different type of runner, but a guy that can be every bit as, as effective as a runner as Joey Gatewood, just a different style. And so, um, it's not like you're having to change a complete offense depending on which quarterback's in the game. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. We saw it in the spring a little bit, and if you guys watched Bo Nix in high school, you know just how quick he is uh, running on the outside. Um, I, you know, people try to make comparisons. I would say he's like somewhere in between the scale of Jarrett Stidham and Nick Marshall as far as maybe speed and the type of runner he is. Um, and yeah, I, I, I tend I tend to think of him. And I, I've watched him so much. To me, I think of him. Uh, athletically, like a guy like Baker Mayfield, in, okay, in, yeah, in terms yeah. of guy, in terms of a guy that can make plays with his legs, a lot of times it's making plays with his legs to to use in a passing game. But you know, you saw Oklahoma use him in a running game in the zone read, and not, not necessarily a guy that you would think of as a runner, but a guy that could beat you as a runner. And so I kind of lean towards a guy like that. Um, much different off the field than Baker Mayfield, but I think on the field a similar type of guy that you know he demands a lot of his teammates, but a guy that's a better runner than people probably give him credit for. Are you saying that Bo Nix is not going to be running away from cops in Fayetteville and get tackled? I, I'm guessing that we won't see him <laughs> doing a lot of things that we've seen Baker Mayfield do in the past, yes. <laughs> yeah. I saw him uh, chugging a beer at a Cleveland Indians game recently. He's a, he's a character. By the way, how could you ever get let – you know, if you're a teammate of Baker Mayfield's, let him down for getting caught by a cop and tackling him. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, yeah I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure that's going to get talked about for a long time. <laughs> anyway, go check out that video if you guys haven't. It's funny. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. So going forward here, Auburn's going to get a day off Thursday, and then it's three days straight of practices to end preseason camp. I th- I would think, I haven't talked to anybody yet about Jason, but usually those three days are cleaning things up, settling rotations, and then the coaches kind of meet, you know, Monday, Sunday, and they kind of figure out these are our scout team guys, these are our first, second, third team guys that can help contribute, and let's get ready and let's start preparing for Oregon. Yeah, I would I would guess that's probably uh, what we'll see. Normally, that first day of classes is exactly that. That gives a chance for the coaching staff to sit down, take a deep breath, and take in the entirety of camp. And that's the one thing that people sometimes don't think about is that they think about it on a day to day basis. For these coaches, it's it's a body of work basis, and for the quarterbacks, but for everybody, it's going to be the body of work that they've done, and also. A lot of times, which guy improved the most from day one to the end, maybe from the young guys, that's the difference in thinking about where they'll be in three months, going, that guy got so much better in a short time in camp. How much better could a guy like Jalen Simpson, for example, the freshman cornerback, how much better could he get working with the first-team defense or working with the travel squad instead of being on the scout team. And so those are just those decisions that they'll make as they prepare to turn the page and start working more on game plans and getting ready for Oregon. You know, I, when it comes to players like that, I wanted to discuss that guys that have really helped themselves this this preseason. One guy, which, I mean, it's like not a surprise to anybody, but he's gotten more opportunities because of some because of one injury here or there, but also because they're wanting to see how he works with the first team. Uh, and that guy is Owen Papo at linebacker. I mean, there's potential there for him to start, and if he's not going to start, he's going to play consider a considerable amount of time in the season opener. But that that guy, I've heard nothing but great things since he's arrived on campus, but particularly here in preseason camp, Jace. Brandon, the thing that stands out about Owen, there's a couple of things, actually. One of them is work ethic, because this is a guy that's a five-star. He has been a He's been that guy since he was in the ninth grade. A lot of times when those guys get to college, they're like, okay, I'm here, hand everything to me. And that has not been Owen Papo at all. He's come in and worked extremely hard, gained about 15 pounds since he stepped foot on campus in, in January. Um, and to, to be almost 225 pounds now and still be a guy that's you know among the fastest players on this team, period, shows you the type of athleticism he's got. That leads me to my other point. This is a guy that in this day and age of football, um, when you start talking about that position, needing players that can be versatile is of the utmost importance. And guys that can cover, guys that can turn and run. You know, watching Owen Popo last year at Grayson High School over in Georgia, 
They didn't play the nickel. I mean, he's out there playing basically a safety spot, covering guys 20 yards down the field. It reminded me of watching Darrell Williams in high school at Hoover, watching guys that because they played on such talented rosters, they didn't have to put them at linebacker and blitz them every play. Like, you know, you sometimes see at other schools, they had other guys that could play those positions. They were able to play them in a role that not many linebackers get a chance to do. Because of that, it, it gives them much more versatility on the next level. I think that's what Owen brings. I think, you know, Zacoby McLean does those same things as well a little bit because of his speed. And you combine them with K.J. Britt and Chandler Wooten, and I think Travis Williams feels pretty darn good about his, uh, his oh, top yeah. four guys. Yeah, that group can be very special, and not just this year, but going forward beyond this year. Um and you speak of Papo and his work ethic. I mean, I remember Travis Williams, I think in May or April, was saying that was a guy that was like texting him at all hours, asking him questions. And he said the guy is just relentless and wanting to learn things and get an edge any way possible. And he's going to be a lot of fun to watch in an Auburn uniform during his career. Really a lot of fun. And then you look over at offense, some guys that may not play this season because, one, you don't want to put freshmen out there along the offensive line, but we've been hearing some good things about Keandre Jones, Justin Osborne, and Kamar Bell, Jason. Yeah, I really think that, that J.B. Grimes feels like they've, they've got three guys that are going to help him. And, and, you know, sometimes it doesn't take very long for coaches to figure out whether or not a guy's going to be able to play when they get on campus. And I think they feel good about all three of those guys, and that's a huge plus need some players to, to step it up and I think they've they've got some younger guys they feel good about inside I think you look at those guys and guys like Cam Stutt and some others uh, with Brodarius Ham sliding outside the tackle um, Nick Brahms I think has really come on in that sophomore group as well but those three freshmen coming in I think especially Keandre Jones you look at him he's a guy that looks like you know line putting on the field at guard you know a guy that, that's a mountain of a man kind of as wide as he is tall and be a road grader in this offense, and I think a good fit. So yeah, those are uh, those are three players that I think they feel good about. You know, just those first impressions they've gotten so far in camp, and that's huge for them moving forward. Because as as we know, everybody's been talking about offensive line recruiting. They've obviously have stacked up on guys here in this cycle, but to have those guys coming up in addition to some JUCO players coming in, it's good to have. One, some guys that are going to be in the system for a year, but then guys who can help immediately next year. And obviously, we're not talking about 19. We're talking about 2021. It's good to hear that type of feedback about those players. I wanted to talk about special teams here real quick, Jason. Uh, it sounds to me like Christian Tutt is really starting to maybe take a hold of that punt returner job. Javaris Davis has had some issues holding on to the ball. He's really fast. We all know that. He's probably the fastest guy on the defense. There's a lot of hope that he would take over that role. Matthew Hill's also working there, but it sounds like Christian Tut's been more of the calming force back there at this point. Yeah, I think, you know, we both agreed probably early in camp, knowing Gus Malzahn, the most important thing is ball security as a car returner. And Christian Tut has some experience. You know, he, uh, he had a couple of those situations last year, made some big plays when they kind of ran him back there as a second punt returner to Ron Davis. So he's got experience in games. He caught the ball, has a history and background of, of carrying the football as a high school quarterback and doing some of those things. So he's a guy that's comfortable with the ball in his hands. And so I think that security and, and being the most sure handed of the guys to me 
that made him a, a pretty strong favorite, at least to start the season, um, to have that job. I would not be surprised to see, you know, whether it's Javaris Davis or, or Matthew Hill, some other guys get a shot to see if maybe they can do some things. But I, I think going into the year, I think that having that secure hand guy back there in Christian Touch, probably the, uh, the thing to watch for. And the guy that we don't talk a lot about, but apparently has just made some big strides as far as ball placement is punter Aaron Sipos. And he's a guy that very well could be on national awards list when the season's coming to an end. Yeah. And the thing about him is that he's gotten stronger, um, which is a scary thing to think about for a guy that was already so good last year. I think it's probably been a little bit of a, uh, an adjustment period for him in terms of the pooching and, 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 you know, trying to pin upon the seat because his leg is stronger. He's having to get used to that. But I think the key for him that makes him, to me, the best punter in the country and a guy that I think NFL teams are going to absolutely fall all over is, you're right, that ball placement. I mean, we're, we're, we're hearing and, and, you know, people talking about him. He's punting the ball within two or three yards of his target just about every time. And if you can do that and average 45 yards and punt the ball inside the numbers to the sideline just about every time, it limits what the opponents can do in terms of punt returns to almost nothing. And if, if you as a coverage team know where the ball is going 99% of the time, man, it makes it almost impossible to, for teams to return punts. And so I think he is going to be a tremendous weapon. Andres Carlson, I think, has, has stepped up his game as well. And going into the year, if you, you say, hey, we're going to work, build around defense, and knowing what our special teams is like with those two guys, that puts you in a pretty good spot as a team going into a first game. Certainly. Listen, lean on your defense, lean on your special teams early in the year. If they make big plays for you, you're going to have a shot in every game. Elite defenses, elite special teams carry you a long way. And Auburn's probably going to need that. Listen, whoever the quarterback is, it's going to be a first-time starter. They're going to have to work out some kinks early in that game. But um, – you never know until you get on the field, which makes that's what makes football so exciting, college football, because you never know who's going to step up. Someone might become a star, a budding star in front of you. Who knows? Bo Nix might go out there and light the world on fire. Joey Gatewood might come out there you know, on the third or fourth drive, and all of a sudden you're going, wait, maybe that should be the starting quarterback. It's going to be a lot of fun in that first game to see how this all develops, but I'm getting way ahead of myself here. Preseason camp starting to wind down. Uh, by the time maybe some of you listen to this, uh, Jason, myself, Mark Murphy, Philip Marshall, we're going to be speaking to Auburn's assistant coaches Thursday morning. It's our yearly annual, it's our annual uh, media day with assistant coaches. I believe we'll get the coordinators as well for the first time here in preseason camp. So that'll be big. We'll have plenty of stories and coverage from that. And then, of course, going into the weekend, kind of looking back at everything uh, as Auburn actually starts to ramp up to start preparing for Oregon, believe it or not. The football season uh, inching ever so more close here. All right. For Jason, I'm Brandon. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. We'll see you down the road. No one has it covered like 24-7 sports. Go undercover with Auburn Undercover. Undercover.